0: This episode of the Amy podcast is sponsored by Healthmark. Healthmark has the total solution for your cleaning and verification program, including products to measure water temperature, water quality, cleaning efficiency, and to directly test for residual soil left on instruments. Find out more about products like Cartwash Check and HemoCheck at hmark.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Amy podcast. I'm Terry Baker. Today's topic is sterilization of medical instrumentation. I think an issue that some of us can take for granted, but nonetheless is very important to the health and safety of our patients. To discuss this topic, my guest is Rose CV. Rose is president and CEO of CV Healthcare Consulting. She has a distinguished career in the sterile processing discipline, including being the former director of sterile processing for Children's Hospital of Denver. Rose also served as president of the American Society for Healthcare Central Services Professionals, as well as authored a book published by Amy and serves on the Amy Committee's writing standards. Welcome to the show, Rose. Thanks for joining us today on the Amy Podcast.
1: Well, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Rose, it seems as if we hear more and more about patients getting sick because of dirty equipment. Why do you think that is? Are we simply more aware of the issues with improper sterilization, or is the problem actually growing?
1: Well, I think there's a multitude of reasons for that. First of all, the media loves those stories, and they have a tendency to go viral there are so many more opportunities out there for reporting, such as social media and also the mainstream media sources. We have constant and instant access to the news, especially human interest stories, such as those that affect so many different people. But also, a lot of states now have mandatory reporting for hospital-acquired huh. infections, which in the past, many of these incidences didn't get reported and therefore didn't go to the media. Huh. To the second part of your question, yes, we're more aware of the issues due to the improved structures, but also I believe the problem is growing. Today's technology advancements create more and more complicated devices, which means that they're harder to be able to clean and reprocess because they're so complicated. We know that age-old adage, if it's not clean, it can't be sterilized. Therefore, the problem with contaminated instruments is not simply because we're more aware of the issues, but because the technology is changing.
0: You've been a healthcare sterilization consultant for many years. How would you rate the overall state of sterilization in U.S. healthcare facilities? Are we getting an A? Are we getting an F? Or somewhere in between?
1: Well, I started consulting in 2003, and I've been in multiple different facilities of different sizes, both nationally and internationally. And I can tell you, if I had to give an overall grade, I would say a C-, Hmm. and that would be using a bell curve. To me, that's just getting by as little possible. Of course, there are those A-plus places that are doing the best, and a lot of B places, but let me tell you, I've seen some facilities that just don't get it. But really, I find that it's Not that they want to do a bad job, but they don't know what they don't know, and it's scary. Worse is that administration or those at the C-suite allow this to happen. Hmm. Well, of course, you know, until something goes wrong, Mm -hmm. and then they give reprocessing their full attention and necessary resources. But then it's often too late.
0: What do you see as the biggest challenges to effective sterilization today?
1: Well, I'd have to say it really is the lack of knowledge or the sort of turning of a blind eye to the importance of what it takes to safely reprocess reusable medical devices from one patient to to another. I believe there's multiple concerns that we need to address, we as a society. First, many devices are very complicated, as I Mm -hmm. said earlier, and their instructions for use, which we are supposed to follow, aren't always that clear. Many devices were cleared many years ago by the FDA, and they just piggybacked on to some other devices, you know, which they call predicated devices. But because of this new increased technology and research that we currently have, we're now more aware of this new technology can pose a huge issue and reprocessing. So the FDA has just recently, this month, announced as of August 8th, they will be using more stringent reviews of their 510K submission, and I think that's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Any new submission must include validated data regarding cleaning, disinfection, and sterilization. So, basically, they want manufacturers to test these devices in real-life situations, and using more than just one type of process sure. to prove that their devices can safely be reprocessed in real-life situations and not just in a testing lab.
0: That sounds like a, you know, a strong approach to trying to address these issues. Are there other ways these challenges can be addressed?
1: As I stated earlier, we need to change the industry in many ways. Manufacturers need to ensure their testing is done in, in the real-life situations using routine equipment that facilities have and are using today. Right. So our government, in other words, the FDA, needs to not allow players of devices that can't be easily cleaned and sterilized. Our healthcare facilities need to make sure that we have well-educated staff, in my opinion, I think every facility must have a subject matter expert for sterilization who is mainly responsible to make sure that the organization knows and follows the most current updated standards that are out there and the guidelines and the recommended evidence-based practices. The C-suite needs to understand and provide those necessary resources, including the right equipment, enough space, and enough staff to provide the best care for our patients. And finally, we need to partner with our infection preventionists for not only writing policies and procedures around reprocessing, but also using a multidisciplinary risk assessment approach anytime we make a change, but a new product or uh, looking at any other ways to decrease risk to our patients.
0: Let's turn now to the widely used standard in the hospital sterilization community, ST79, which deals specifically with steam sterilization st 79 has just been updated, and you were involved in that process. What's the new standard?
1: Well, the newly released st 79 has some major revisions, which includes things like making it more user-friendly. By reorganizing the content, st 79 is more relevant and valuable than ever before. Some of the noteworthy changes include new guidance on the HVAC systems, humidity, temperature, uh, ventilation, etc., in relation to well-being of still processing personnel and the revised guidance on the placement of instruments. Hmm. So on the first point, it helps to know about another standard, which is the ASHRAE Standard 170, and that's ventilation of healthcare facilities. So that particular document offers guidance on and regulations and mandates for the facility designers. And we, the facility designers and the users, didn't always have the same standards to go by. But now what ST79 has done is really saying that we must harmonize with Ashri. So, in other words, ST 79 now includes language in Section 3.3.5.5 that explains that facilities should identify what version of that ASHRAE document we should be following. And it really is decided on when that department was initially installed or the HVAC system in that department was initially installed or the last time it was upgraded. So we can harmonize along with our facilities, guys, and make sure that we have the right HVAC designs. And that's really going to help us not be cited as much from, uh, like, the Joint Commission. So I think that's very helpful. Then along with that, there's also a new Annex Q, which describes some alternatives for being able to keep cool in the reprocessing areas. So I think that'll be very helpful for users. But st 79 also now offers clear guidance on placement of instruments. The previous edition stated that instruments should be held open and unlocked. But that really caused some confusion, especially with some of the surveyors. Mm-hmm. So the guidelines really tried to clarify that. So we got rid of the word open because the guidelines before said ratcheted instruments should be unlatched and open, and surveyors thought that meant completely open. So now we eliminate that word open and we just said ratcheted instruments should be unlatched. So, um, but I think the biggest thing is that that reorganization where we put things in bulleted formats, got rid of a lot of redundancies, and made it easier for people to write their policies based on the new ST-79 by using the bullet.
0: As I hear you cover some of the various issues uh, in ST-79, what what it uh, details and, and covers, you know, it just reminds me how easy it is or the things in the sterilization environment and process that can be taken for granted and easily overlooked, you know, how can this standard help a hospital maintain a safe and effective sterilization practice?
1: Well, since this is a comprehensive guide that covers, you know, cleaning, transportation, things like quality monitoring, storage, and product evaluation, you know, everything from the maintenance of our equipment, personnel, etc. So it's very comprehensive. So this standard, we really point out it's not just for hospitals. But it's also for any place where we reprocess or store sterile items like ambulatory surgery, physician's offices, cardiac catheterization, endolabs, radiology, dental offices, etc. So we've really tried to emphasize that we need to standardize throughout the hospital or the healthcare facility. So, we're all doing the same thing according to the standards. So, 79 was developed to put those guidelines for those facilities, not only for the design and work practices, but also to address elements of quality management system. So, we're covering all the activities that have to do with that. For instance, we really address the need for point-of-use cleaning and handling. So in the OR, Mm -hmm. how do they handle them, how they transport them before they get to sterile processing. So, And then lastly, ST-79 also emphasizes that policies and procedures should be developed in consultation with other areas that use the sterile devices and appropriate committees like infection control, and prevention and control, safety, hazardous materials, and risk management. So it really does take a village, and ST-79 is trying to emphasize that more and more. So in addition, the support of facilities administration is also vital, especially in those facilities that establish a quality system for improvement. We need to involve the C-suite. They need to understand what it takes to reprocess these devices.
0: So, Rose, it's my understanding that you've written a book that's published by Amy around sterilization standards. Can you share a bit about that?
1: Sure. Uh, the title of the book is Sterile Processing in Healthcare Facilities, Preparing for Accreditation Surveys. So, basically, Amy published this, and now that st 79 is updated and out, we are getting ready to produce the third edition of that book um so look forward to that and basically what i what we do in this book is compare the sterilization standards from amy along with the joint commission standards that are out there so wow. i think facilities found them yeah. will find this but very helpful in their next survey, accreditation survey.
0: That's very interesting. I think that's always the, well, here's the letter of the law, here's the spirit of the law, how do we merge these together to have the best program that we feel good about, plus we are know for sure we're meeting those regulatory uh, requirements. So that sounds like a, a great and useful uh, a tool. So beyond the kind of broader vision of having the C-suite focus on sterilization. What's the one thing you wish all healthcare facilities would do right now in the name of effective sterilization?
1: Oh uh, Well, I have preached this and the new SP-79 <laughs> preaches it as well as other standards. You need to conduct a reprocessing risk assessment using a multidisciplinary group of stakeholders, you know, infection prevention, OR, SPD, GI lab, risk management, facilities, et cetera, mm-hmm. to look at the biggest risk that your patients have right now in in your facility. Maybe it's uh, uh, problems with lunar instrumentation. Maybe it's not standardization. Maybe it's not competencies. But what is the biggest thing in your facility right now that you need to decrease the risk? So you want to make sure and that risk assessment, that you address that and that you make sure that those changes are permanent and not just sort of a band-aid approach. Sure. So, yeah, they need to appoint and give necessary resources to that subject matter expert who should be held accountable to ensure the facility is following those evidence-based standards.
0: Sure. Great point. It's always easy to come up with big ideas and plans around how to address issues in the moment but sustainability seems to be always the challenge when you come up with new processes. Right. So what's the one thing you wish the makers of medical devices would do now to support stronger sterilization practices?
1: Well, we're all in this together, and what I think the device manufacturers need to do is some of them need to update their instructions for use Mm -hmm. according to current practices. For instance, some instructions for use still recommend extended exposure cycle times using, or using gravity sterilization or only give you instructions for high-level disinfection, such as with scopes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that really kind of puts us between a rock and a hard place because the standards say, follow the IFUs, right. but the IFUs sometimes aren't very helpful. So I think that that's what the manufacturers need to do. You know, after all, don't we all want best practices for all of our patients? Sure, sure. And we can't do that, have best practices, if we don't have good instructions for use that we can follow with the devices we have in our facility.
0: Sure. Well, Rose, we really appreciate you coming in and talking with us today about this uh, topic that I think often can be underestimated in the complexity and, and importance.
1: Well, you're very welcome.
0: Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Healthmark. Find your tools for cleaning verification at hmark.com. There you will learn about Artosi and SonoCheck that test the performance of mechanical washers as recommended in sterilization standards guidelines. For this episode of the Amy podcast, I'm Terry Baker.